Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 14 of the podcast. I'm your host, Ali, and I invite you all to sit and psych for a while. I know it's been a while, but thank you for coming back, and I appreciate your ongoing support. As always, if there's questions or topics you would like me to address in the podcast, please reach out to me on social media or via email. Also, make sure that you're subscribed and following, and also make sure that you're sharing the new episodes that we release. Today, we're going to talk about the ongoing changes that have been associated with the COVID-19 pandemic and how we can adapt to those changes. We'll talk about what's here to stay. We'll talk about the different layers of stressors that have been occurring around us and how to continue coping during this time. Today, we also have a special guest with us, Muhammad Sultan. He's previously been on the show and talked about industrial organizational psychology. Muhammad, please introduce yourself. Absolutely. Hey, Ali. Thanks for having me back on the show. Brief introduction. My name is Muhammad, and I studied industrial organizational psychology at Roosevelt University along with business administration. Muhammad, thank you for coming on the show, and it was a pleasure having you in the past, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come back on. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please have a seat, and I hope you enjoy the show. So since we've last spoken, there have been a lot of changes and we have come a long way in the world of COVID-19. We are certainly living in a strange time. There have been changes in the symptoms that we see when someone is positive with the coronavirus, according to the CDC. Fever, chills, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, fatigue, muscle, body aches, headaches, a new loss of taste or smell, sore throat, congestion, runny nose, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, a lot of things that we weren't previously looking for that are now the symptoms that we look for for someone who is positive with COVID-19. Additionally, wearing masks has become a thing of the norm where three months ago we only really had to wear masks if we suspected that we were sick or someone else around us was sick. There are other layers of stress that can affect our mood. The ongoing civil unrest amidst our nation that have been taking place within the last several weeks and we may be just feeling overwhelmed with all the circumstances around us. So how do we adapt to those circumstances? Yeah, that's a great question, Ali, and I think it's important for us to understand that we still do need to follow the laws or the rules that we have in our nation as well as around the world. Social distancing should still be enforced when possible, and so should the usage of your surgical N95 or cloth mask in order to help reduce the spread of the coronavirus. Now, in my opinion, I do believe it's still necessary because while some countries such as New Zealand have nearly, if not completely, eliminated any growth of COVID-19, we're still seeing new spikes, new highs, and new records of people getting admitted to the hospital with symptoms or actually catching the COVID-19. Now, specifically with the reopening of states and cities here, uh, you know, there are a lot of different regulations that have to be enforced. You know, for example, here in the state of Illinois, we reopened on May 29th and social distancing is still being used, whether it be at restaurants or gyms or at grocery stores. You know, people are still required to wear masks if they're going shopping in order to 
help prevent the spread of COVID-19 to other shoppers or other patrons and the employees as well. Restaurants have opened up their patios and even bars and nightclubs are doing their outdoor settings and using that as a way for people to still gather and socialize while wearing masks or while, you know, maintaining a specific distance between each other. It's particularly interesting if we look at how we were reacting to the situation three months ago when it all began and compare that to how we're reacting to it now it's interesting how we adapted and have almost gotten used to this situation we've gotten used to social distancing we've gotten used to wearing masks we've gotten used to just the overall social norms of the COVID-19 era and it reflects the hierarchy of needs where three months ago our needs were pretty basic we wanted to have food supplies and make sure that our family and friends were safe and now that we've been able to establish that you know those of us that feel that sense of security have moved up the hierarchy to more secondary needs so things like wanting to socialize things like wanting to go out doing things that we used to do, like self-care, activities, and things that weren't necessarily thought about three months ago. We've also seen a lot of adaptations in our school and work. We've seen companies adopt the work from home, and we've seen schools go online, and we've been able to adapt and change based on the needs of the world around us. So that's one way that we have been adapting to the circumstances and making it work. Now, have these changes been beneficial or have they been harmful to learning and our work productivity and performance? I think you can advocate for both ways, right? You know, you have some people who are like, oh, yeah, you can't learn unless you're in a classroom environment. That's actually not necessarily true. There are people that learn better when they have flexibility you know, there are people that learn and do full degrees online without attending a single lecture. I think that it is beneficial to, you know, have that sort of environment where you're with other like-minded individuals or other students, and that can definitely help someone learn a lot more easily and a lot more quickly than if they were trying to do self-learning. From an organizational perspective, we definitely know that work from home and remote work are actually beneficial. For starters, you're cutting on overhead costs from, you know, having an office and having multiple people there, the utility costs, the floor plan, all that kind of stuff. However, on the flip side, you also do have counterproductivity issues. You know, there are some people who have a hard time staying motivated or getting the work done when they're at home. But a lot of research actually shows that there's a lot more work to be done and then that can be done when people are working from home. They do have that flexibility. They have the ability to you know, focus on other tasks or, you know, work different hours. I know specifically a lot of my coworkers, colleagues, and friends like to get their jobs done in the early morning. Um, unfortunately, you know, they used to be stuck from nine to five in an office. Now they can get their work done from seven, eight o'clock in the morning, finish up by two o'clock or noon, and still get the same amount of work done that they would if they were in a nine to five environment. Yeah, and I think at the same time, we have to consider some people have been working from home for a long time, and people that have been transitioning into the work from home mode that have been going into the office may be struggling with that. You know, it 
does take a lot of structure, does take a lot of boundaries, and when you're working from home, we blur those lines of home and work, right? Where does my work start? Where does it end? And where does my personal life at home start and end? And if that's something that someone is not used to, it does take some learning and it does take some adaptation to get used to that. Absolutely. Where does that work and life balance come into play, right? How does one balance the amount of time that they have for work versus spending it with their family, watching Netflix, mm-hmm. playing games, working out, all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, due to the pandemic, our schedules are completely off of what they normally would be like if we did have remote opportunities or flexibility to work from home. I think that you know a lot of consultants typically do end up working from home or doing remote work and you know having phone calls with clients on other sides of the world and that makes it a lot more easy for them to kind of manage what time they're at work and what time they can spend with their family. It does certainly add a convenience factor to things. If there are other things at home that you have been struggling with and maintaining being able to work from home and not having to maybe commute as much, then it does provide you with a lot more time. It does allow you with that flexibility that you mentioned. And I think the same applies to school as well, where, you know, if you're used to the classroom structure and you're used to kind of going along with the timeline and now you're going to an online mode of school, you know, it does provide some kind of challenge and obstacle to be able to manage your own work to manage your own productivity without the guidance or a a timeline perhaps that a teacher would set for you or your professor would set for you now although we have been adapting to the ongoing situation we are still feeling some sense of restlessness we want to see our friends we want to get back to our old routine of life we want to be able to attend schools we want to be able to go to work and we do miss that social aspect of daily life activities and we also just want to feel a sense of normalcy and while we're eager to get back into things and in specific states where things have reopened we still do have to maintain a sense of caution. There is a potential second wave if things are opening too quick and people are starting to disregard the rules and regulations about social distancing and wearing masks and just maintaining uh, the same sense of hygiene that we've been upkeeping during this whole period of time. The daily reported number of cases in the U.S. is still around 20,000 according to the CDC. And, you know, be sure to check in with your local city for information. See what they're saying and make sure to follow it. I think it's also important to, to know, Ali, that um, while the, the United States is still seeing a large influx or a large number of increased cases, you know, on a daily basis, um, hospitals are sometimes at maximum capacities. Being that, you know, some, several states have reopened two or three weeks ago, a lot of them actually have hospitals that are at max capacity and don't have any ventilators or respirators left. Yeah. So again, it's important that, yes, Things are almost returning back to normal. We still have to maintain that caution. We still have to be careful and not expose ourselves to unnecessary Mm -hmm. risks. Now, what can we expect in the coming months? 
what's here to stay, what's changing. And like we mentioned earlier, the masks, the social distancing, those are things that might be sticking around for a while until there is a vaccine or something that can help maintain the spread of the disease. Social distancing and masks are one of the frontline defenses against the virus. There have been changes in work structure and education, and this is something that has been a direct result of the pandemic. Now, is this something that's going to stick around? I think, you know, going back to the first part, you know, the mask and social distancing, I, I think that not only are they going to stick around, but it's important to continue to do that as well as maintain a good hygiene. You know, those are, as you said, our front lines of defense. And that's the way that we're going to reduce the amount of spread between ourselves and family members and friends is by taking care of those three things first. As far as the changes in work structures and education, I, I do believe that they're not necessarily here to stay, but they won't be going away anytime soon. Companies have realized how much more beneficial it can be for employees to get their job done while they're at home. And some schools have offered completely online classes and online semester for the summer session. And some of them are even moving to fully remote sessions in the fall. Now, does that mean that all schools are permanently going to close down and we're just going to learn online? Probably not. There are some schools that are using a flexible learning of method in which, you know, they're using different applications or tools in order to continue teaching and continue giving out the knowledge to the students. However, ideally, I think on a corporate level, it should be here to stay, not necessarily a, a full-time remote work for everyone in the banking or the finance sector or, you know, technology industry. However, it does make sense to give employees that room for flexibility, you know, whether they enjoy working from home or whether they want to go back to the office and be in there at least some sort of flexibility is definitely going to be something that we'll see in the near future just because it has been effective not only in the past but even right now during the pandemic we're seeing several companies have seen an increase in the amount of employee job satisfaction since moving on over to the working from home model yeah and again there's a lot of things that have been changing and if we look three months ago the cdc was saying that only really wear a mask if you're sick and that's something that's changed in the last three months where now everyone is wearing masks so a lot of the changes that we have been undergoing are things that we've gotten used to and it does have a benefit and it does have a cost at the same time as mentioned before when it comes to work in school there are benefits and there are downsides to the online or the work from home model and the work at home model used to be something that would be considered a perk or a luxury that someone could have. But nowadays it's something that we're all doing and it's being now linked to shrinking overhead costs as you mentioned earlier Mohammed. And there are a lot of benefits that companies are starting to recognize and link to working from home. And, and I think um, some of the research that I was actually doing not too long ago showed that roughly 70% of offices in America have an open floor plan in which, you know, you're, you don't really have cubicles. Everyone's kind of in an open office environment, which is supposed to promote one productivity to, uh, you know, some teamwork. But 
but the real reason was to cut down on rent costs or different types of overhead costs when it came down to it. Unfortunately, what they also did find in the research was that having an open floor plan not only led to more counterproductivity, but also less teamwork, higher rates of sickness, and more absenteeism, uh, as well as presenteeism. So thank you for that information, Mohammed. Now, with change always comes stress. Change is unfamiliar to us, it's difficult sometimes, and the longer we've been doing something a certain way, the more difficult it is to change or pivot to a new routine or a new direction of doing things. There are byproducts of change that affect our mood or can affect our stress levels. Now, with the current situation, there is a strong sense of loneliness sometimes. It's very easy to isolate because we're social distancing. And in those situations, there are a few things that we can do to be able to still have that social peace. That way we're not isolating, we're not feeling lonely, and we're doing something that still maintains that social distancing and keeps us safe. And the one thing is just making sure that we are reaching out to family, friends, colleagues, people that you would normally talk to and making a routine thing. You know, reaching out every day to one or two people for a total of maybe 15, 20 minutes at least, just so you feel like you're having interaction with another person. And another one is making sure that, well, while we can see some friends and family, we are still practicing those social distancing policies and rules. Perhaps we can also engage in new hobbies and activities, things that we haven't done in a long time or haven't done before, and that can reintroduce a sense of excitement into our lives. Reading a book in your free time can also be helpful to get your mind off things and help you escape in a healthy way. Now, as we've mentioned earlier, working from home can bring up a bunch of obstacles and challenges to someone that hasn't done it before or isn't meant for the work at home model. And we may be experiencing a sense of fatigue, being tired, or just overall being bored with the redundancy, the feeling of as though days don't really have a beginning and end anymore because it's feeling like one whole big day. And and there are some ways that we can work around that fatigue and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and not letting the work at home affect our mood, affect our health. So what are some things that we can do? I think one of the first things you can do is is create a boundary, right? You know, have a boundary between what you want to accomplish at home and what you need to do at work. Uh, That's the first thing that you need to do before you can move on to the next step, which would be to create a structure or a schedule for yourself. Once you know what you want to accomplish, you know, by whether that's planning out your day, setting academic or work goals or physical goals, once you get that done, then you can take care of the matter at hand, which is you know, getting rid of that fatigue. So I think it's important for us to continue to maintain the self-care habits that we had before the pandemic. You know, if you like to go on a run in the morning before getting your work done, continue to do that. If you normally have to take a hot shower before you go to bed, continue to do that. We have to make sure that we continue to do the things that we enjoy doing, whether that be for our physical benefit or mental benefit. Usually those two correlate in one way or another. So it's important to continue doing the things that you like to do. Yeah, and it's true. A lot of things that 
tend to fall off when we're working from home are the things that we used to do when we would go out. So again, like Mohammed said, if you used to shower in the morning and get ready before going to work or make coffee, do continue to do those routines because it does promote personal and positive self-care. And another thing that we can do is just incorporating changes. It's tough to sometimes have a good sense of time or boundaries when working from home. So sometimes just being able to do something different can help make a day more distinctive from the next day or the previous day. Having things that we can look forward to throughout the week can provide us with that end goal almost. Like I am going to get through my week, but on Thursday, I'm looking forward to this meal or this activity that I'm going to do. And that gives us a sense of excitement that we can hold on to. There are a lot of things that can cause stress and anxiety, mainly the uncertainty that we're living in right now. We are trying to manage life without really knowing what's going to happen. And for a lot of us, that does cause a lot of anxiety and cause a lot of angst, not knowing what's going to happen. So we have to also, like Mohammed said earlier, maintain our mental health, do things that promote a positive headspace. So whether it's physical exercise, like going out for a walk, a hike, a run, uh, doing some yoga or even meditation, practicing some mindfulness, so doing your breathing exercises, doing guided meditation if, if you have difficulties with freestyle meditation, doing some yoga or progressive muscle relaxation. Those are some things that can keep us in, in a more present state in the here and now and out of our heads for a while. Writing and journaling can also be very beneficial as they help us organize our thoughts better, help us manage racing thoughts, and just slow things down a bit. Now, additionally, we can practice challenging negative thoughts that we may encounter on a day-to-day basis. If we only look at life through a negative filter, then we often find that everything around us is negative and there's nothing good. So being able to recognize that and being able to challenge those negative thoughts and on the flip side, looking for the positive, practicing positive reaffirmations on a daily basis and just finding ways to release stress in a healthy manner is critical. If we allow our stress to build up, it does lead to a breakdown. So we have to have ways of just relieving the stress, not letting it build up because it ends up being something small that can tip us over the breaking point. Now, we can see some depression as a result or byproduct of the ongoing situation. What are some things that we can do to manage that depression? I, I think that's a, a fantastic question, Ali, especially since we're you know sitting in the middle of a pandemic where you know not everyone's able to continue resuming their normal lifestyles or continue visiting their therapists or friends in in person but there are different ways that we can manage the other factors that may impact our depression Um, you know scientifically speaking a lot of research has shown that um, you know 
sitting for too long or lying down in your bed on your phone or your laptop for extended periods of time not only have a negative impact on your physical health but also your mental health um, there has also been research linking you know usage of your phone or laptop in bed to actually cause sleep problems at night um, I, I think also something for everyone especially during this you know pandemic is to take a break from social media if it negatively impacts your mood a lot of the things that we see on instagram or twitter or facebook doesn't necessarily represent or truly show what is out there and then another thing that we can do is continue to maintain our physical health a lot of research suggests that your physical health heavily impacts your mental health as well and vice versa so you want to make sure that you're consistently eating healthier foods you know maintaining a healthy sleeping regime and also continuing to exercise and give your body the nutrition that it needs whether that be you know just walking on a daily basis or you know even if you are doing you know a, a form of hit training or some sort of intensive lifting that's really going to help maintain your physical health as well as your your mental state of being and and lastly you know something that not enough people do is actually developing a daily gratitude list do you think you could uh talk a little bit more about that ollie yeah so in a lot of ways like i mentioned earlier if we look at life through a negative filter which means that we're waking up in the morning and kind of looking at life with this something is going to go wrong you know everything is going bad around me it only allows us to really see the negatives and that can heavily impact your mood in a negative way so what we have to really try to do is look at the positives and there are positives which have to sometimes really look at the simple things things that we might be taking for granted such as our health the roof over our head food in the fridge running water friends family things that we take for granted and you know we have every day but we never really realize so by developing a gratitude list or just working on every morning thinking of three things that you're grateful for that can put you in a more positive headspace in the morning could put you in a better mood could you know challenge those negative thoughts of everything around me is you know collapsing or going really badly so that's something that we can do to combat that depressive factor and lastly reaching out to family friends can prove to be a really beneficial thing you know a lot of us can get stuck in our own head sometimes and when we talk to someone else they can help us see outside of our situation when we look from the inside out it's hard to see the big picture but someone looking from the outside in they're able to see things from a different point of view and that can be helpful and beyond that just reaching out to your local counseling services in your area seeing what's available to you whether it's telehealth or in person or as things start to open up again that can be a really powerful tool to have and with that ladies and gentlemen we come to the end of episode 14 thank you for coming and thank you for listening as always if there's future topics or questions that you would like to have addressed in the podcast please reach out to me via facebook or social media or just reach out to me via email make sure you're following and subscribed and also remember to share it helps the podcast a lot all right and i want to thank Mohammed for coming on the show and again uh, allowing us to 
have a better understanding of the ongoing situation and the changes that we are undergoing and how that affects our work and school in an organizational and institutional way. Mohammed, thank you for being on the show. And uh, again, we appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks again, Ali, so much for giving me the opportunity to speak and uh, join you here on your show. Thank you. And I hope everyone enjoyed the show and I will see you next time.